0: Thanks for tuning in to the Hope Church Podcast. We hope that you're blessed and encouraged to walk out the gospel as you listen to this message. Man, I want to just say we are so happy to have all four of our services open back up again today. It's a a big step in the right direction. Amen? Uh, Man, uh, I'm a hugger. I'm a lover, um, you know, in the best of ways. I uh, I love hugging people, so I've had to resist uh, resist hugging every single one of you because they tell me I shouldn't do that. Uh, but one of these days, I'm hugging every single person. It is going to happen. But uh, man, church, what a what a season that we're walking through. What a what a moment that we're in right now. How many are thankful that Jesus is walking with us through this moment? I'm so thankful. For the spirit of God that lives and resides within each of us to help us walk through this moment. I'm so thankful for his presence all the time. Um, I'm also so thankful for the promises of God that we can stand on all the time, but certainly in a moment like this, the promises of God are what we stand on. The word of God is what we stand on. And the challenges that we're facing in our nation right now are overwhelming if we try and face them without the promises of God. They're just absolutely overwhelming his word, his promises are unchanged in the midst of difficulty and adversity, his promises, his word, the word of the Lord remains regardless of what storm that we face. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases his mercies never come to an end. They are new every single morning. The faithfulness of God is new every morning for us. How many are thankful that there's new mercies literally for today? There are sweet mercies for us today. And I was thinking even as we were worshiping earlier, I just kept, as we were just crying out for more of the Lord, I just was thinking wherever, whenever he's with us, which is always, but when we gather like this, there's always more available. There's always more. There's always more than enough. There's always everything that we need for life. There's always everything that we need to walk out our lives with him because there's always enough and there's always more. Man, my heart is hungry today. So hungry today. So this morning is not so much a sermon, but a little bit more of a family talk. Do you all have family talks? I, w- I told the, the team before, and how many are thankful for our worship team today? So thankful for that whole crew. I, uh, I was, we were praying together before the service, and I said, I said hey, I think today is going to be a little bit more a family talk. And, like, several of the guys got really tense and nervous because growing up, family talk meant bad. And uh, I want to just, like, take that back from anyone who had bad experiences with family talks. Family talks are good. It's where the family joins together and we talk about things in our house. We try and make it as good as possible. We don't try and have a family talk when there's bad things happening. We just have family talks to talk about just heart and what God is saying to our family. And so this morning, my heart is is really that. It's not really necessarily a preaching sermon, although I tend to not be able to not do that too. So anyways, just like so many of you, um, I have felt just such intense heartache and pain and genuine mourning in my heart over all that's happening in our country. We have been experiencing so much distance through the effects of this virus. And then we've been experiencing such great division, even in the last couple of weeks. So we've had this distance, right? This social distancing from one another, and then right on the heels of it, we have this major outburst of division. And uh, I just believe that the peace of God wants to rest on our land right now. I believe the peace of God wants to come and, uh, fill, fill us up. The death of George Floyd was, was really heartbreaking. It was sickening. It was wrong. And I, I'm like you experienced a ton of emotions. Um, things that I I have never felt before. And, um, there's been so many other, other deaths that have happened in the, in the recent weeks and months, um, things that should never have happened. Um, racism is evil. It's evil. And it's been evil for a really long time. And, Way before the last few weeks, it was, it was evil. And I just want to be clear today as we talk as a church family that, um, I just would say it like this for believers, racism is sin. It, it's sin because it, it rejects people who were made in the image of God. And it's actually an attack on the, on the image of God, because every single human being on the earth was made in the image of God. Every single person. Galatians 3 tells us, I love how the message reads it. It says that in Christ's family there can be no divisions between Jew and non Jew, slave, nor free, male, nor female. It says, Among us you are all equal. Among us you are all equal, all one in Jesus because of the blood of Jesus. Because of the blood, we are all equal and we are all heirs, it says right there. And it says that God's promises to Abraham belong to all of us, all of us. So who is us? Us means every single color, nation, tribe, ethnic background. It's all of us, right? Am I preaching to the choir this morning? (laughs) You seem to be with me. It's all of us. It's everybody. I was reading in Revelation 7 where John got a a vision of heaven and he saw this great multitude there in Revelation 7. It says he saw every nation, every tribe, every people, every language standing before the throne of God. And they were all exalting the name of the Lord, crying out saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne before the throne throne and unto the lamb and they all fell on their faces and they began to worship the lamb of God. That's what heaven looks like church. That's what heaven looks like. The kingdom looks like every people group worshiping together around the throne of God. And I don't know about you, but I can't wait to get there. In that place, one day I'm thankful for right now, but I'm thankful for when we will all worship there. But I believe that this is a moment, an invitation that we're in to actually see that come to earth right now. Right now. Right now, there's an invite. There's a lot of invitations right now going out for all kinds of different things. But I hear the heaven saying, hey, I'm inviting you to grow and reach your arms out in a way that it represents all the nations and all the colors and all the tribes. I believe that that's a, an invitation for us. What a moment for us to have a vision of what heaven looks like. And we all know Jesus' prayer was that on earth as it is in heaven. I believe that we're to experience more of this. I want to be, I want to just be transparent and I want to be real this morning. How many believe in transparency and being real? It's important. I just want to say it like this. I don't know what to do about all that's going on. Everybody seems to have an opinion about what's going on. (laughs) And I don't know what to do about all of it. I think that's kind of an understatement. (laughs) But what I do know is that with all my heart, I want to be a witness of Jesus that in this moment, I want to be a witness of him that I believe that we, his church are to be a witness of Jesus, that we're called to be witnesses of who he is on the earth, that we're called actually to be his hands and his feet in a moment. Like we're in to bring his love, to bring justice, to bring mercy, to bring compassion, to bring humility, to bring healing, to bring wholeness, to bring his power right here, right now into this moment. And as we've said many times over the last years, I believe, and it's, it's a reality for us, that the kingdom of God is not just talk. The kingdom of God is actually a demonstration of power, and it's a demonstration of something. The kingdom coming looks like something. It looks like heaven coming to earth in a way that is transformative to every fabric of society. To every realm, the kingdom of heaven coming isn't just an amazing worship time where we feel goosebumps. I believe that's part of it because we get touched by God in a way. But it actually allows us to walk out into all the places that we we go and release the kingdom in transforming power into the fabrics of society where things are different because we're there. And that includes this systemic issue of racism. And I just would say to you today that I want to be a part of that. That I want to be a part of that. I know that it's way more than just a couple of social media posts this week and then moving on next week or the week after. I know it's way more than just heated debates online between people who have never even met each other. Much less sat down for a meal together to really understand each other. I want to understand what I don't understand. Do you know what I'm saying when I say that? But I wanna tell you that I'm, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna fight this moment in the flesh. And I believe that we as the church of Jesus Christ are not to fight this moment in the flesh. And I wanna encourage you not to fight it in the flesh. I heard T.D. Jakes say this last week. I, I, I've listened to T.D. Jakes for years. I read a ton of his books. He said this, and it really stuck out to me. He said, you cannot fight a systemic problem with an emotional response. And it's so true. That being heated up and emotional for a couple weeks is not going to bring the transformation that's needed to this moment. And there is much transformation needed. Can I hear an amen on that? And I want to just... I just want to spend a few minutes sharing with you a few ways that I'm choosing to posture my heart right now in this moment. And this is the kind of family meeting part of this, that I'm just I'm, I'm putting myself before the Lord in this moment. And the first thing is this. There's three things that I'm doing. The first thing is this. I'm praying. <laughs> I'm praying. I'm, I'm seeking the wisdom of heaven for this moment. I'm asking the Lord what I personally can do. I'm asking the Lord what I can do, what he wants me to do, what he wants our church to do to be part of reconciliation and healing. What we are to do in regards to making wrong things right, because Jesus came to make wrong things right. The Bible says that this was the son of God manifest to destroy the works of the evil one. How many say that we are seeing the works of the evil one quite clearly right now? We're seeing that. And now we get to continue what Jesus did in destroying the works of darkness. He calls us to go do that by the power of the spirit. So I'm praying and I'm posturing my heart. and I'm saying, Lord, you have my heart. Give me your heart. Give me your heart on this. Give me your wisdom on this. The second thing that I'm doing is this. I'm actively listening and I'm actively pursuing conversations with my brothers and sisters who are not my skin color. Not because that's the new fad. But I'm doing it to understand what I do not understand. Whenever you don't understand something and you want to understand something, what do you do? You pursue understanding. I think this is a moment for us to pursue understanding, to understand what has gone on. The last weeks have awakened me to pursue understanding. I've had multiple phone calls and lunches and I've had moments of just asking questions and I've been listening to really hear the heart of God and to the hear the heart of those that I'm meeting with. And I've been doing it face to face. I think there's a power in doing it face to face, voice to voice. I've heard stories in the last week or so that have literally blown my mind and made my blood boil. You know, the Bible says you can be angry and sin not. It's true. And I believe that there is a place to be angry over injustice. I do. I believe that's the heart of the Lord. There's a place for righteous anger. And I've heard about things in the last week that I could never imagine experiencing myself. Things that I never knew were happening to other people that I probably will never experience. But this is what I'm doing. I'm posturing my heart in humility to understand and to listen. To find out what I can do. And to find out what we can do to bring the kingdom of God. Amen. The third thing is this in this moment that we're in, I I, we're having conversations with our kids over the past months, Christy and I, we have, we have gone deep with our girls to help educate and speak honestly on this issue. One of the greatest ways that we bring the kingdom is through family. One of the greatest ways that we, we bring his heart is through family. So every morning in our house, we do what we call morning time. And, uh, we gather up, the girls gather up, they bring their Bibles, their notebooks. We gather in the living room and we worship the Lord. We pray. And, uh, sometimes it's glorious. Sometimes it, it is not glorious. You know what I mean? Like, it's like herding cats, but that's a pastor Gary line, but we, we've been sitting down, we, we pray. And what we do is we, we teach the girls the word. We, we literally teach them the word line by line. They have their Bibles, they, they write things, and we, 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 we teach them. And But what I was thinking is that as important as it is that we teach them each morning, what is equally critical as we grow our kids up is what Christy and I model through our lives for our kids. That our kids, they watch us. We don't just teach them by what we tell them, we teach them by... Who we are by what we do. They see how we treat others around us. They, they hear what we say behind closed doors, right? And every parent prays to the Lord Jesus that they don't tell everything. I thought you'd laugh a little more at that. Maybe you don't have anything. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Pastor Gary always says, I love what he says. He says, we teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are. We teach what we know, but we reproduce what we are. I've been thinking about this in terms of discipleship in church and all of it. Like we can teach and teach and teach and teach, but if we aren't around people that look like Jesus, we're just gonna understand a bunch of information. Church, it's time for the, the church to grow in a, in a way of following Jesus. And we do this through growing up the next generation. As we intentionally deal with, With systemic issues like racism, I think one of the greatest impacts on culture that we can bring is preparing and caring for the soil right now. The soil in our families, the soil at home, farmers will tell you that the soil is the most important thing. The tending to the tending to the soil in our families right now is going to is going to release a great a great harvest of next generation kingdom people who will radically resist and oppose every form of hate and injustice because they will have grown up in the ways of Jesus. They will have grown up in the soil of Jesus We're not only to teach, but we're to model what it is to be radically his. And I just want to say to us right now, the soil of our lives is so important to be caring for the soil of our lives. What we're putting in the soil determines what's going to grow. So today, this is kind of just the beginning of the beginning of seeing the kingdom of God breaking in to this issue. How many want to be a part of that? Yeah. Like how many want to be a part of that? I do too. I really do. So this goes along just with the very heart of hope. My passion at hope, our vision at hope is to grow a spirit filled family that provides a living demonstration of the kingdom of God here on earth. Whether we're here in Springfield or whether we're, we're somewhere else around the world that we're doing the stuff that Jesus would do. So wherever we are there, he is. Wherever we go, there Jesus is. Hey, Jesus is over in the Walmart because you're there. He's over in the produce aisle. He's over there getting eggs in the morning. You know, whatever. Like, Jesus is there because we're there. That's, that's the heart of... Of what we are to be that we're not just in a building as we've realized, but that we're actually out getting our hands dirty, bringing the kingdom of God and demonstrating who he is. Church, we are on display for the world to see. I believe we're on display for the world to see right now like we've never been. In Matthew chapter five, Jesus says this. He says, he says, verse 14, he says, you're the light of the world. He says, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a stand and it gives light to all in the house in the same way. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. Church, this is not a time to be hidden. This is not a time for our light to be hidden. When the dark gets darker, the question should be, where is the light? When the dark gets darker around us, the question should be, where is the light? Because if the lights are on, the darkness can't get darker. (laughs) It gets dispelled by the light. So if the world is getting darker, church, around us, then it is our mandate. It is our mission from Jesus to turn on the lights. To turn on the lights to shine brighter in the darkest of times. Jesus says, you're the light of the world. You're alive to illuminate the dark light shines in the darkness. So people can see when it's most dark light is most needed church. We are most needed right now. I believe this. We are most needed right now. He's not calling us to sit on the sidelines and talk about how bad it is out there. He's not called us to sit in the cheap seats and throw stones through our devices. (laughs) It's the new way to throw stones, (laughs) right? Like at the world or at each other. He's calling us to be out there shining. He's calling us to look like him, to be like him, to walk righteously like him, to burn with desire for him and call the world to him. He's calling us to lead. I believe that every believer is a leader. Whatever your role is, whatever your, your place in life is, because God said it from the beginning. And we don't just lead any which way we want. We lead following our leader. We lead following our leader. We lead as we are led by him and we don't shine. However we want. We shine how Jesus shined. It's called being a disciple. It's called being a disciple. We're not, we're not to be hidden in a church building. We're going to have to learn to be out in the world. We're going to have to learn to be out in the streets. We're going to have to learn to shine out in the marketplace. We're going to have to learn to shine out in the neighborhoods We're going to have to learn how to be available to shine and even lead others that disagree with us. Not by trying to control them or manipulate them. And not by the ways and means of the world, but by the spirit of God on our lives, pointing them to Jesus, pointing them to the cross and demonstrating who he is. See, I believe in this moment, as dark as things are, I believe that God is raising up a generation right now, a bright ones of shining ones who resist the spirit of the age, who resist the hate, resist the violence, resist the crowd, whichever way that crowd is shouting but who will radically shine and lead with the heart of Jesus. And I'm giving my all to grow that in my girls. And my heart is to give it all in our church, that we would be that demonstration, that living demonstration of the kingdom of God right here in Springfield and around the world. See, Jesus gave us the vision. He's the light of the world. And then he says, you're the light of the world. He gives us the vision and the vision is shine, shine, shine by actually doing Good. I'm totally not doing a family meeting. I'm totally preaching. I'm so sorry. I mean, I do do this to my girls sometimes. I will get kind of intense, right? They're like, yes, dad, you do. Our good works illuminate. Our good works reveal the nature of God. Our good works reveal who he is. Do you realize that? When we are out And about, and we are all the places that we are, as we do good, it literally will cause people to give praise to the Father. Everywhere you look right now on the news, on social media platforms, there's such anger. There's such hostility. There's such retaliation everywhere. What a moment for the church to resist all of this and to take the narrow road, to stand up, to rise up, but in the opposite spirit of the world talked about this last week, not in a, in a worldly boldness and not in a wimping out way, but in a way that's kingdom and full of the spirit where we release the heart of the father that witnesses who Jesus is. Anybody who knows me knows how much I love to have conversation. I love to have a cup of coffee and talk about Jesus and talk about life. I love to understand. I love to hear perspectives, but here's the thing. I think where we find ourselves right now is that most of the time, I'm not sure that that can be done through social media. Don't hear me railing against social media. It has so many great aspects of it. I'm not doing that, but I think it's rare that we can really understand each other. We post a few sentences. We post a paragraph and then there's, the firing back and forth begins. Have you witnessed this? Have you seen this? Or maybe even worse, something's posted and then there's no communication and it's just left there to imagine what somebody meant. And it brings division. Church, we need real conversations right now. When I was a kid, (laughs) we didn't have these things. You just knew what the 10 people around you were thinking and you talked about it together and you worked through it together and you didn't divide over it. You know what I mean? Do I sound so old saying that? I've observed some of the most hateful comments, critical, divisive comments being posted from those who would call themselves believers. That tear down pastors and tear down leaders and tear down government officials. When did it ever become right as a follower of Jesus to tear down people? Tearing down other believers. I'm talking about the church. Everybody gets upset about the world, but I'm talking about the church today. The church, we expect the church to live at a place that that's radically righteous. We don't expect the world to act like the church. But I'm witnessing this in the body of Christ right now, where people are just tearing other people apart and somehow in their mind doing it in the name of the Lord. And sometimes doing it in the name of somehow in their mind truth or their rights. Did you know when you follow Jesus, you give up your rights just to follow him? to obey him, to let him lead, to say, I don't live for me anymore. I follow someone now. And I walk like he walked. In many instances, the people that are tearing other believers down there, as they accuse them and they tear them down, they've never even met them and certainly don't know their heart. And I just feel like saying to you today, a radical, this shouldn't be. This shouldn't be church as your pastor. I just want to say to you that I believe that we need to refuse to be a part of that. That we need to be refusing that, that we need to resist entering into that. This is a family talk. Sometimes at my house, when I have a family talk, I do say, Hey, stop that. (laughs) Don't do that anymore. I I don't know anybody in this room or even in our church. I'm not speaking to anyone here. I'm just talking about what I'm seeing in the body of Christ. I'm just seeing this division that's growing that, that for, for me and the influence that I have, I just believe that the Lord is calling us out because he's called us to be witnesses of who we, who he is. And when we begin to engage like that, we can never witness to the world who he is. Ephesians chapter four, so powerful for us right now. Verse 29, it says this, it says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. How about we say, let no corrupting talk come out of your fingers, (laughs) but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear come on, that it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness let all wrath, anger, clamor, slander be put away from you along with all malice. And get this, be kind to one another. Can we say that out loud together? Be kind to one another, Tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. Church, I believe this is one of the most amazing ways that we shine in this moment right now. I believe that this is a moment where we light up the darkness when we walk this way, that our words would build up, that our words would be those that build up, that, that they would give grace to those who hear that they would be, they would be words filled with kindness and tender heartedness. Church, the world needs this right now. I'm not talking about a wimpy, tender heartedness and a wimpy, like, like kindness. I'm talking about a bold kindness, Unwilling to be, to be pulled in, in the direction of hate and, and nastiness that we'd be forgiving each other. In John chapter 13, Jesus said this. It's so powerful. Verse 35. He said, by this, all people will know that you're my disciples. If you have love for each other, if you have love for each other, plain and simple, they'll know we are Christians by our love. Guys, I know this is really simple. Today, you may have come for a heavy revvy. Sometimes heavy revis are really simple. And sometimes they're right in front of us, but we need the (laughs) revvy. And the heavy of the simplicity of the gospel. Our love for each other, how we treat each other shows the world that we're His. And we're showing the world something every day, with every post, with every conversation, with every action. If we look like the world, how will they know him? If they look, if we fight like the world, how will they know him? We are on display for the world to see who he is. If we don't show them, who's going to show them? Who's going to show them? If we don't turn on the lights who's going to turn on the lights. If we don't turn on the lights, who's going to turn on the lights. There's so many opportunities right now for believers to divide, to, to break fellowship, to be offended. I mean, do you, do you know what I'm talking about? There's some, they're offended at me right now. They're leaving. I'm just kidding. They're not, <laughs> they're going to serve. <laughs> That'd be terrible if they were though? Uh, so many, there's so many opportunities for us right now to be offended. I mean, like, like people are offended at people that wear masks and people that are, are offended at people that don't, <laughs> right? Like people are offended that we, you know, well, I shouldn't get into all that. Cause then I'm going to grow the offense probably, but you know, people are offended that the believers are social distancing, People are uh, offended that they, that they, people don't like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm is this like too real? I mean, I'm waiting for that hook to pull me off the stage here, but I, I don't normally get down into the weeds quite like this, but I just feel this for us today. Guys, we're living in a wild time. We're living in a really wild time, but you know, people, people are dividing over all these things politics alone, race, all these things. Oh, well, I don't think it's really about that. And I don't think it's about that. And then they're doing it through social media. So then they actually never sit down and talk. And then there's division. And on top of it, we've been separated for months. (laughs) Okay. Josh, I think you're telling what you're supposed to tell. Okay. (laughs) And now we've got thousands of people watching me. So I'm not just humiliating myself in front of you. It's in thousands of people. I'm just kidding. So many opportunities. I just say this, that over, of course, there are lots of different opinions and beliefs in the body of Christ. And there, there are times we will disagree. We see Jesus disagreeing and rebuking P- Peter, right? Remember when he, when he said that, he said, get behind me, Satan, Satan. For you're not setting your mind on things of God, but on the things of man. That's about as intense of a conflict as you can get. Hey, Satan, get behind me, right? He says that, but Jesus didn't break fellowship with him. And Jesus didn't post it on Facebook. He had the conversation face to face and he looked him in the eyes and told him that. And then they kept walking together and they kept loving. They kept, he kept calling him up to who he was meant to be. But here's what I emphasize today. Church, the world is watching us. And we are here to teach and show the world who God is. We are, with every move that we make, as the Father sent Jesus, he sends us. And we're not just representing ourselves when we go through our day. We're representing him. And we're bringing this other kingdom. And there's a clash. But we are alive right now in this this shaking moment to help shape culture. This shaking moment is a moment for the church to rise up and begin to shape culture and shape history in this moment. I believe by how we respond in the smallest of things. Do you realize that you're shaping history today in one way or another? You're shaping history today. By the way you raise your children, you're shaping history today. By the way you treat your spouse, you're shaping history today. By the way you show Jesus wherever you go, because today will be tomorrow's history. We're shaping history today. This is our time, church. This is our time to rise. This is our time to shine. And this is our time to give all of our heart to protecting the soil that we're growing in so that we can make sure that we have crops that look like Jesus. Would you stand with me this morning? We're going to do something different to end today. Could we just give the Lord a shout of praise for a minute? Could we just literally clap our hands and praise the Lord? I'm serious. Could we just lift our voices right now and just Just praise the Lord. Just praise the Lord. Just praise the Lord. I feel like there's a shout in this room. Come on, just praise the Lord. Every nation, every tribe, before the throne of God, the body of Christ, shouting praises to God. Bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Bless the name. Come on, let's not stop for a minute, church. I feel like we just shift the atmosphere even right now with our praises. Praise the Lord. Magnify his name. Jesus, you are worthy. Jesus, you are worthy. Jesus, you are worthy. Do you know that there is a unity when we worship in praise? There is a a breakthrough that happens when we worship in praise. Father, I welcome your presence right now in a greater measure that even right now as the things that I've shared. I pray that they would they would be like your words, Jesus, which were spirit and life. I pray that you would speak to us about anything and everything that you want to speak to us about. In fact, if, if that's your heart, would you just put your hands out this morning and just say, Jesus, here I am. Work. And speak whatever you want to work and speak in me. (sighs) Because whenever you convict me, it brings life. Whenever you dig deep and you want to get something out, it brings life. And it's so good. So I pray that over the whole church today. In Jesus' name, I pray that there would be a release of that life flow. And that you'd work deep. We're going to, as we close today. I'm actually going to have us read a passage of scripture out loud together, and I'm not going to give any commentary on it. We're just going to speak it out, and we're going to just let the words wash over us today. Romans chapter 12, starting with verse 9, and I want us to say it out loud together, okay? Let's just say it. Here we go. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Bless those who persecute you. Can we pause there? Can we say one more time? Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be conceited. Repay no one evil for evil. Give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Can we just thank him for his word today? Thank you. I pray you would just wash us with your word. That we'd walk out of here different because of your word. And that our lives would bring such a beautiful witness of who you are in Jesus name.